Hi, this is Natalie Hoffman of FlyingFreeNow.com, and you're listening to the Flying Free Podcast, a support resource for women of faith looking for hope and healing from hidden emotional and spiritual abuse. Welcome to episode 183 of the Flying Free Podcast. Today is part three of a, it ended up being a series because I did this interview with, uh, with Amy, a longtime member of Flying Free and Flying Higher, and we talked for two hours and it was, all of it was so, so good that I decided that we were going to keep all of it and just break it up into three sections. So if you haven't listened to part one and two, I highly recommend that you just stop this episode right here and go back and listen to episodes 181 and then 182. And then because we're just going to be diving in cold turkey into the last half uh, or the last third of this interview with Amy. Now, before we get into it, though, this episode is airing right before we do our um, I'm doing this kind of a online thing for five days called Reboot Your Life After Divorce. Now, this uh, event is for divorced Christian women. So if you know some, if you're a divorced Christian woman, or maybe you're in the middle of a divorce and you want to come, that's totally fine too. But um, it's basically, uh, we're going to be talking about five things. We're going to spend five days, 90 minutes each day, talking about five topics. Number one, your divorce story. That's going to be on Monday. Tuesday, we're going to talk about finding happiness after divorce. On Wednesday, we'll talk about where is God in the mess. On Thursday, we'll be talking about redefining your identity because that kind of changes, right? Day five, we're going to talk about creating your future. And I'm going to teach you some concepts, but I'm also going to bring people on for some live coaching. So um, I'm super excited about this. I've never done anything like this before. I think it's going to be um, amazing. It's going to cost $19 for all five days. And if you can't come live, you'll get, you can listen to the replays, watch them or listen to them at any time after that. I'll provide a page for you to access where you can watch those replays. So um, if you want to be part of that live event, you can go to flyingfreesisterhood.com forward slash reboot, R-E-B-O-O-T. If you are already a part of the Flying Higher program, I have this program for divorced Christian women called Flying Higher. If you're listening and you're part of that program, you don't need to do this thing because I'm going to give you all of these sessions in in the archives. You can go and watch them on the membership site after I'm all done. Now, if you want to come live, then of course you are going to have to register and pay the $19 to come live. Otherwise you can watch the replays for uh, nothing. It's part of your membership. So that's all I want to talk about as far as that goes. Um, I think that's it. I think we can just dive into our interview now. Uh, Take three, part three. Here we go. So that's another one of my old thoughts. (laughs) was a subconscious belief that hard emotions like grief, sadness, anger, anguish are too hard and can be sinful. So I should avoid them and anything or anyone that stirs up those feelings in me. If I do feel these emotions, I will change. I will change my thoughts or distract myself with people, activities or food in order to feel better. Mm. So that's self-medicating in an unhealthy way, right? Yeah, um, we all do this in different ways. So everybody yep. can kind of just look at their own stuff. And I did this in many unhealthy ways, including, you know, the way that I parented my children too. Um, the, my new thought was there are no good or bad emotions. 
All emotions are needed to experience the fullness of life. Anger, sadness, grief, anguish, etc., are needed in the mind to process and often are the pathway towards deep awareness or knowledge about myself, others, and gods and God. I will not get trapped in these emotional spaces, right? Because when we're in it, when I'm in it, I think it's gonna last forever and I right. hate it. I hate it for a minute mm-hmm. and I definitely don't want it for a day. But sitting with these emotions won't last forever and are necessary for movement beyond where I am. So, so we fight it and then we steal. You know, I would fight these emotions. I would fight that anguish laying in bed and just like crying out to God. I would fight it. But it was in those moments that I felt the spirit's presence and, mm-hmm. and very deep truths would come to me. Yeah. But it's that wrestling right? We don't want to do that. It feels horrible, but we well, have to embrace even all of the emotions. When we resist those emotions and try to avoid them, when we do that in, like you said, we do it in all kinds of ways. We eat a lot. We maybe we drink, maybe we smoke, maybe we go shopping all the time or spend money. Maybe we just sleep a lot or watch binge on Netflix or whatever. We all have our own coping mechanisms and probably like multiples of them. Right. But when we do that and we resist those feelings, it actually makes them worse. It doesn't make them better. It only mm-hmm. makes them worse. And I've done, I've done this work too, where, um, cause I learned to actually move toward the bad feeling instead of running from it or like fighting it to move toward it and let it wash over you. Like you're moving into a wave in the, in the water, you let it wash over you and it's not as bad then it's still painful and it hurts, but it's not as it's it's what's called clean pain. Whereas resisting it and fighting it and running from it creates dirty pain. So it's like, you want to be all in on the clean pain of things. That's good. That's what brings all of that awareness and that growth and that transformation the dirty pain means that we aren't actually growing at all. All we're doing is basically beating our heads against a brick wall and just destroying our lives. You know, it just doesn't work. Yeah. So yeah. And our brains are, they are, our brains, when you have a trauma in your brain, your brain actually protects that trauma because it doesn't want you to touch it again. So every time you get close to it or, you know, you, you poke it with different thoughts, um, your brain can often, I don't know what it would, it would be, it goes into like dorsal mode. So some people need help actually like doing this work and staying in the moment because they are not able to access certain memories or certain or process certain events because they're so traumatic. So I do want to kind of say that it's like, there were times in my life where things were really hard and then I would just go and sleep, which is, you know, a, a, or, or dissociate. I would just zone out. Yeah. So, and if you find yourself in that type of a pattern, there are ways of, of getting help to kind of work through that. Yeah. That's important. I'm glad you said that because it, to, to, um, be aware that you might need some extra help with that. Did you ever do, um, did you ever do EMDR therapy by any chance? No, I was going to do EMDR therapy, especially around my church trauma was really bad. Um, But then someone had mentioned that it wasn't 
great. So then I just, I never did it. And okay. I've kind of processed through some of that church stuff. So, um, it, it might be something that's helpful. I know that like people I know close to me have done it and they have found it very helpful. Yeah. It was super helpful for me. It was, it was, it was. So if you, if you're listening, just Google it, you'll find out about it. I'm not going to go into it here, but I also want to say too, that, um, we have a coach inside of the flying higher and flying free programs. Her name is Barb Spanier and she has her own coaching practice. So you can actually just go to, um, I think it's called integrative coaching for life.com. And she does work with parts with your internal, the internal parts of you. And I think that kind of work would also be good for, um, trauma because you're, you've got all these different parts inside of you that are responding and relating to that trauma in different ways. Some parts are trying to protect you. Some parts are hiding. They're like exiles and they're hiding and they're, they're wounded and they're like small children. And then there's some parts that are like firefighters and they're just trying to boss everybody around and keep everybody organized and shut everybody up. And, and then there's this part of you that's just, um, that's whole and complete and, um, it's, it's the real you, it's not the, I don't, I don't want to say real you cause all those parts are a part of the real you, but it's the, it's kind of like the parent you, it's the part of you that gets to learn how to love all of these different parts and help them to get along and become a family that's integrated. It's basically all about integrating all of those inner parts so that you can live into, you know, emotional and spiritual health and freedom instead of having all these warring parts inside of you. But I just, I, what you said made me think of that. And I wanted to mention Barb because she is getting, she has been trained in it and she's getting further, like higher education training in it. And she's really good at it. And if you are interested in learning more about that, you can go to her website. Um, or you can come. Yeah, I would highly recommend it too. Yeah. Yeah. That's where I learned a lot of that stuff. And, um, we were talking before about, um, well, before the podcast even started about one of the words that really has come into my life through the program is this idea of curiosity. So being curious. So when things bump up or feelings or emotions or thoughts, instead of being very judgmental about it, I've settled into more of a place of curiosity, like, okay, Oh, I'm thinking that, or I actually experience things more physically before I experience them mentally. So I'll start to feel like my body is shaking or I'll start to notice that I'm eating a lot of cake or something like that. And I just, I'm curious about it. I'm like, okay, what's going on? My hands just went numb. What's, yeah. what's happening here. Or I feel like I had this habit of or not habit, but I had this urge to hit myself for a long time. Mm -hmm. And that still comes up once in a while. And so when I feel that sensation, I'm curious, like, okay, what's going on in my world? What am I believing? What's true? And then I can take some of this. Um, but by staying curious and not judgmental about it, I don't fall into shame. And I can actually start doing some somatic things like going out in nature or, you know, some of those things that Barb also taught in the in the parts work and being curious about them. Yes, it was very, very, she was very helpful for me. 
And you're, you're making, you're creating safe spaces for yourself. And when you get really good at keeping yourself safe, you become a safe person for other people. That is when you, that's when you became that. That's when you are able, you learn that skill of creating that safe space and you're able to create that safe, safe space for other people. And that in that safe space, that is where change actually happens. You have Mm -hmm. to be safe to change. Yeah. Yeah. Because then I think that's when that, what's the, the, is it the limbic system? No, the frontal cortex, right? Prefrontal cortex. Yeah. When that goes online and stays online, but as soon as we slip into judgment and whatever, then I think we lose touch with that. Yeah. Cause we go into, we go into that panic mode of, fight, flight, fight, or front or fawn because mm-hmm. we're, um, we're trying to protect ourselves. Again, we're not, we don't feel safe. We're in danger. So our prefrontal cortex goes offline and our amygdala wakes up and starts freaking out. And, and then it's all, you know, it's all over from there. Then we, then we have to like find that regulation again. And, yes. um, that's a big thing for me too, is, um, I picked up on this phrase and from, I don't know where, but the idea of regulating before responding. So if I find that I'm dysregulated, mm. then panicky, whatever it may be, whatever the symptoms are showing up in my body, that's the worst time to respond to anything. Yeah. So I, it's a, it's been very helpful for me is regulate before responding. And then also if you're engaged in a conversation with someone like a child, for example, because children become dysregulated, they often don't know how to be regulated, you know, and, and teenagers too, for different, they have a lot of stress in their life. They become dysregulated before having a conversation with them, you know, encourage them to become re- regulated and then also be regulated yourself so that you can actually have a productive conversation. Yes. Yep. I know I've got one kid who will, um, he'll start screaming and kicking and freaking out. And until sometimes I'll just take him and hold him and rock him. And, and until I do that there, you, you can't have any kind of conversation because he, he no. doesn't, he's not even, he's literally not there. He's somewhere else. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. that's good. Okay. I, I know we've jumped around. I'm trying to see if we've covered everything. I don't, I don't know. If we we didn't talk too much about the church ones. Um, okay, let's do that. So one of the very frantic old thoughts was I can lose many things, but please don't make me lose my church. Mm. And this was a big thing for me when we separated, I was like, I literally said to God, Lord, I'm going to speak the truth. I'm going to be truthful. I'm going to bring all this stuff in the light and I can lose a lot of things, but please don't make me lose my church. And I don't want to get into too many details about the fallout of that. Um, But it was very traumatic for me, kind of how things played out. It was just a lot of gossip and a lot of certain people's narrative being spoken and I wasn't there. I was actually recommended not to be there for a while. So I wasn't there. And so this whole thing just kind of happened. And um, that safe space that I once had became very 
unsafe and very scary for me. And I was also put under um, some form of church discipline, although it wasn't public. So I don't think it was like actual church discipline, but I was told to me that I couldn't participate in the sacraments until um, my husband and I had resolved things, which as you know, is never going to happen. Like resolution is things coming to a resolution is just so difficult. Um, And they said that I didn't have a heart of reconciliation, which I do believe I have a heart of reconciliation in the truest sense of the word. I really do. But living with somebody, I was they just kept pushing that idea and I was very triggered by it. And they took my fear as being, um, yeah, not having a heart of reconciliation. And so it was really hard for me, but it was the death of something too. Uh, it was the death of my idolizing of men. Like I really had put a lot of stock into what people were saying and I can still love them and still, and not give them the power. Um, so my new thought is God allowed some very hard circumstances to occur with leadership, which broke my perception of church. God allowed me to lose my church, my perception of what church was. And in that breaking new light shone through and new growth has come in me. That spiritual light and growth. I now take with me and shine into the world, taking church with me wherever I go, even taking it to the brick building of the organized church that I belong to. Nothing separates me from the love of God. Church is in me and that I bring to the world. And I think that was through very, very difficult circumstances. My perception, if if it could be compared to a clay vessel, it was smashed and it was so painful. Mm-hmm. It was the most painful thing and traumatic thing I have ever been through in my life. Yeah. And I tried to plead my case and they just were not able to hear me. They were a little bit like towards the like end. And so now I do have a level of a reconciled relationship with them. Um, but their power over me has definitely dissipated that yearning to please people. Um, And so God really did open my eyes up to the church being the body of believers and that's everywhere. Yeah. Right. That is, so you had another thought that you had was about church leadership. Let's talk about that too, because that's an important like tie in. So I believe that my church leadership were wise men and I could trust that I could trust and that they would help me. So my new thought is, and this is what's taught. I mean, this is what I've been taught since I was a kid. Like I really believed in patriarchy. Like I really wanted to believe in it. I wanted to believe that these people, if I came to them, that they were going to help me. Um, Well, and aren't they like God to you? They're like, they represent Well, that's what they said. Yeah. Like I sat down at a meeting at a restaurant with one of them and he said to me, well, and I mean, he means well, like he does, he believes this. Like I'm not, I I have love and care for this person. And he said to me, like, God has just, you know, God has placed me in leadership over you and, um, or as your spiritual guide or head or something like that. And I just felt this little word. I just felt the word, no, very gently come into my mind. No, because see what happens there is when you 
put men in that position or you allow them to have that power, then you lose connection with God. I really believe that like, because I'm looking to them and I do think that things worked out for my benefit because it was really difficult because I wanted them to be this person, right? I wanted them to be what I wanted them to be. And when they didn't show up, it was really God's grace because, and I don't want to trigger anybody by saying that because I know women have been through what so much, but in that moment, the spirit said, no, I am your God. You know, what's the one commandment? Um, This is the second one, you know, like I am the Lord, your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. You will have no other gods before me. And that's not because God is some narcissist that wants us just to like serve him so that he can fill himself up with our love. But it's because we get stability when we're connected to a higher power. Yeah. When we're connected in the spirit to the spirit, then we're very, we're more stable and we give that power to other people and we look to them, right? If you'll just agree with me, then I'll be okay. You know, that's, I felt so desperate at that point. Like if you can just see me and understand what's happening with me, then I'll be okay. Well, and they're not the case. No, their perspective is not God's perspective anyways, because they're not God. They can't have God's perspective. They're human. They're not going to, they're only going to be able to see things through their own lens of their own experience, their own training, their own personal biases, the fact that they're men and they're not women. Um, All of that they're bringing to the table. God doesn't have any of that bias or any of that. God sees everybody and everything. He sees the big picture and the small picture. So they can't possibly even come remotely close to being who God is for us and in us. And 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 I needed to have that that. broken. Yeah. Yes. yes, And I needed that power. I needed to like, it's like strings attached. Right. But I was the one who kept hooking the strings to me. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they're, they're, they have power that they say that they have. And it's like a puppet strings that are down. And I was like, literally hooking them on. Like we have to give them credibility. Yeah. We have to buy into that, their paradigm. And we don't have, we don't still love them. No, but we can, and I can still love them and not buy into it at the same time. Right. Like exactly. It's just, it's what they've been born into. So the new thought is, I have to connect with God and have my own back. I believe that my church leadership is made up of human beings. Humans are 50-50 mix of good and not so good. They are human just like me. We all have the right to opinions and views. Their views about me are not necessarily the same as how God views me. Some will agree with my choices and some won't. I am responsible for me and they are responsible for themselves. If their views don't change and another woman experiences what I did, then God will work that pain to bring a deep awareness of truth, just as God did to me. That was one thing that was really hard for me is I had this huge fear that if I didn't change my church, that they were going to do this again. And it literally made my body shake. Like I was, I was just like, how can I change them? Cause they're going to do this to some, I have to stop them. Yeah, I have to stop them. And my counselor just said, what did God do in you through this? 
Yeah. All of these. And that's that rescuing. I'm rescuing people that aren't even, they haven't even gone to the church for help yet, but I'm trying right, to rescue right, them. Right. I'm trying to mitigate any pain. I just, I don't want people to feel pain. I don't want people to feel, and I think that does come out of my um, traumatic childhood. You know, when you see big emotions in adults and you have no control, then as an adult, you want to control things so that people don't have big emotions because it makes you feel very unsafe. Yeah. Yeah. It, this goes back to the whole Christian culture of we see something wrong. We're going to have to fix it. It's up to us. And I actually hear this a lot. A lot of survivors, will, I've heard this where people survivors will say, yes, I'm going to write a book and then it's going to change the church. I'm going to write, or I'm going to send them a letter and then they're going to change their minds or I'm going to get up and speak in a, in a thing and it's going to change the church. I'm going to go out and yeah. tell all the churches everywhere. And I'm going to speak at churches everywhere and it's going to change the church. No. Are you a woman of faith who also happens to be divorced? I've been developing a brand new program that will give you the tools you need to manage your thoughts and emotions, grow your self-confidence so that you can take risks and do things you never dreamed possible, and so you can build happy, healthy relationships with other people. Did you know none of this good stuff depends on your outward circumstances or your past? You can generate the life you've dreamed of all by yourself. And I'm going to teach you how through online classes and transformational coaching. Are you ready to take your new life to the next level and fly higher? Learn more and get on the waiting list at joinflyinghigher.com. No, no, no. It's not going to change the church. It might change you. I'm not saying don't do it. You might actually learn a lot of things through that, those attempts, yeah. but we, but we yeah. can't change other, we can't change the church that way. And I tell people, um, that the only people that you can actually influence, we touched on this earlier, just a little bit are people who are in movement towards you. Yes. We cannot influence yeah. people who are standing opposed to us or standing up and saying, I don't buy that. I don't like that. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not interested in your opinion. These people, generally speaking, is, unless they're coming to you and saying, Hey, we're really interested in your perspective and what you went through. And would you write us a book about it? <laughs> I mean, if they're doing yeah. that, then go and write the book. But otherwise they're not, they don't care about your book. They don't care about what you have to say. Write your book for people who care. Tell the good yeah. news to people who are moving towards you and saying, help me. I want to know. Most of the time, that's going to be other survivors and victims. And it's not going to be the people. I that do are the think that there are some people in my church who like in, in leadership who do want to learn more. Like the one elder that I ended up getting after, you know, the others, um, he was actually very interested. He had read read a lot of books, um, from like Darby Strickland. And, um, I always recommended Chris Moles to them because I feel like because of their programming, they listen better to men than women. Yeah. So I yeah. would often send different things to them. And I do think that there is a little bit of change happening. And so I do have a little bit of hope, but what was the one thing that changed your opinion on divorce or on separation or on a lot of different issues. It's experience, right? Yeah, That's what exactly. changed. 
That's exactly. what started to change our perception. And I think when someone in their family, as sad as that is for people who have gone before, it's when someone who's close to them goes through it, all of a sudden they'll see it. And maybe they won't, maybe they'll die with those beliefs forever. And that's fine. But you know, a lot of times it's just, they have to go through hard things. Yeah. I, I have to say your, um, and I want people to know this about you in particular, your inner strength and the work that you've done to get to this place to get to, I mean, I consider you to be a very mature, like human being like more so than most human beings. And I think that that stability and that work that you've done has enabled you to be able to, I know just so people know, Amy actually still goes to her church. She's still um, in relationship with a lot of these people, obviously not, not, um, I think you would even say, I think you even touched on this at the beginning. It's not like you're having these intimate relationships with all these people or that they're, they're, they're privy to all of your inner workings of who you are, but you still love them. You still care about them. You're still invested in them in Mm -hmm. spite of the ways that they've harmed you. And I think it takes, that's not, not a lot of people are going to be able to, to, to go there. I I think you, part of, part of this, part of that journey is the fact that I grew up in this. This is like, I was born in this specific denomination of reformed people and I've grown up with these people and I've I've developed relationship with them now not specifically in this church the the one that I was born into is about an hour away from where the one that I go to now so I'm very connected to these people and it's it is a little bit like an abusive relationship or a destructive relationship not I'm not saying that they are all that just in case any of them listen you know I love you, but it's, it's a lot like, do you stay well or do you leave well? Yeah. Sometimes I think, or even it's like the birthing thing. Like, am I just, you know, birthing, you know, is this like the, the labor pains and then I'm going to leave? I don't know. It's hard to leave people that you do love. It's really difficult, even when they have beliefs that you don't align with. But one thing too, is we can say all these old thoughts, new thoughts all day long but it's when the rubber meets, the, hits the road. Is that the saying? You know, yep. then, you know, then are these my new thoughts? You know, like, when leadership comes to me and says something to me, are these really my new thoughts? Like we can talk about exercise, but until we actually start doing the exercises, yeah, you don't, I think these, you don't see how strong you are. And yeah. so that's part of the reason, one of the reasons why I'm curious as to why I feel the spirit still having me there is like, is it partly so that I can practice some of these things? Yeah. Boundaries. Yeah. So and, when someone and, who is unsafe comes up to me and says something to me, then I can be loving and kind, but not over explain and give them all of my business like I used to do. Yes. Th- th- that perfectly illustrates how this is a process. This is not yeah. a, we don't get the, We don't like get rid of the old thoughts, get all the new thoughts, get rid of everybody in our life and then go on our merry way into a brand new chapter that has nothing to do with the old chapter of our, of our life. It just doesn't work that way. It is a process and it is, it's bringing together two worlds and figuring out, how to integrate those two worlds together 
and how to make sense of all of it. And it's going to be something that we spend the rest of our lives doing. And I think it's an adventure. I just went to my fridge and I grabbed something because uh, my counselor gave me this when I was doing that course, um, how people change. Oh, that, sorry, maybe this is getting along, I'm sure. But um, one of the things was the thing about God. I should read that one. Um, Where was that one? Oh, yeah. So my old thought was, I believe that God was all powerful and that God and I could manage things alone. I did not invite community into my struggles, both inside and outside of my marriage. Um, My new thought is God is powerful and I can do many things, but isolating and struggling alone kept me spinning my wheels. Inviting educated and wise community into my struggle gave me support and opened up opportunity to hear different thoughts about my circumstances. Accountability and support helped me dig at my own roots and thoughts and beliefs so that I could change my thoughts and results. Um, That was part, I went to that course, I was taking that, um, how people change. And that's the whole gist of it is digging at the roots of what are the thoughts and beliefs that drive your behaviors. And the second chapter was community, inviting community into your struggle or, you know, so that you can work on things. And that was an epiphany to me because there were many times within that relationship, the other relationship in which I felt free and like that I was never going to do this or I was never going to be lured back in or never reach out and text that person. And then it would happen again. And I thought that is what I'm missing. And even in my relationship struggles with my husband, that's what I was missing is I was just trying to do things alone for so long and having community. So reaching out to somebody, you know, if someone finds themselves in, if you're carrying shame about something, I would just encourage you to tell somebody, because if you don't, if you, if you don't, you struggle alone Mm -hmm. and God doesn't want us to struggle alone. So whether that's coming into flying free or flying higher or finding someone that you trust, if you come out with something that has a lot of, um, you know, stigma associated with it, be prepared. You will see the underbelly (laughs) of religion. You will see a lot of people who claim that they love you, hurt you really bad and use your vulnerability to shoot you or to blame, you know, their actions on what you were doing. Um, but I would really encourage people to, to invite community into it. And there, there are, it's, it feels dangerous, but there are loving, amazing people. Um, another thing that I learned in this group where that came very evident is that I, I have a very hard time using the word pastor anymore. I think there are a lot of great preachers people that stand on pulpits and preach. I think that they're there. But pastors, if you look at what a pastor is, that shepherding, you will find those people in a lot of cracks and crevices in this world. People that come along and are gentle and loving towards you are beautiful. And I come from a very patriarchal men only leadership type thing. And I will say my counselor, you, Stacy Wynn, my friends, they know who they are. These were the pastors. And that's a beautiful new thought for me. Stop looking to men. <laughs> I mean, men are fine, but 
stop looking to them as though they hold the power because there's a lot of power in women and a lot of pastoral care comes from women. Gosh, I love that. I love it's that. It's so, when you open, when I opened my eyes to it and I just saw it like that, um, Stacy posted that thing once about an Ezar, Ezar, you know, that yeah, what, what, like the true, yeah, the true definition of a woman. And I just had all of these women come into my mind of these beautiful, powerful, they're still gentle to us, you know, to a certain extent, but they're just beautiful, beautiful women. And so I would encourage you to find, um, connection. I just went to my fridge and I should all, I'll wrap it or I shouldn't wrap it up. It's your podcast, but <laughs> we could probably talk all day yeah, we and, could. Night and have a whole weekend. My counselor gave me this, um, laminated thing from Martin Luther. And, um, it says this life therefore is not righteousness, but it's growth in righteousness. It's not health, but it's healing. It's not rest, but it's exercise. We are yet, we are not yet what we shall be, but are growing towards it. The process is not yet finished, but it is going on. There is not the end. Sorry, this is not the end, but it is the road. All does not gleam in glory, but is being being purified. And this process, it can hurt like hell. I just remember laying in bed. And just crying and crying and crying. It just felt like everything was literally being ripped out through my mouth. Like I felt like my guts were just being ripped out. And I thought, Lord, where, where there, is it? Where is a place for me? Where's my place? I, I feel like I can't show up here and I can't show up there. And I just, where's my place? And I got this beautiful picture of, you know, Mary Magdalene at the feet of Jesus. And I just felt this, these words, there's always room at my feet. And what a bet, there's no better place to be. Yeah. That's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. And I, I just want to thank you so much for being willing to come on here. And I knew this was going to be powerful um, with you, Amy. And it has been, I think this is going to be these episodes are going to be very pivotal in a lot of people's lives. Before I let you go, I want you to like, it's one thing for me to tell people, Oh, you should join flying free or flying higher. But it's another thing for me. I believe in my programs and I've seen so many women and their lives change, but people don't necessarily want to hear me say that because it's my program. So of course I'm biased, right? So I want them to hear you say it because I know you've invested so much time and energy into these programs as a person who's gone through them for your own self. And you've also invested in other people's lives in the program. So I'm just wondering if let's say that, because I think a lot of people, I hear this actually quite a bit where people will say they'll finally join, but they'll say, yeah, I listened to the podcast for, you know, one year or two years before I, and was on the fence and didn't know if I should join or not. And then I finally joined and I'm so glad I did. But so if there are people out there that are listening and they've been listening for a while and they're on the fence, or maybe even people who didn't even know about the program or kind of like glossed over it whenever I've mentioned it, 
Why would, why would you say, why would you encourage them to join? My style of learning is often not from books. It comes from relationship and dialogue. And this is the, this program for me has been the marrying of the two. Hmm. So if you show up for the actual live things, which I always do, <laughs> I'm always yes, like, you do. You know, I always show up for the live things. It's kind of funny, but it, you're able to learn things in community. And often too, community can be very scary for people. And I will say this for myself is that being able to show up and do community online in flying free and flying higher has given, I I believe that the spirit has used that exponentially to give me the courage to show up in community at my church, to give me to, to show up and the love that I have gotten from you guys has made it possible for me to know that there is love outside of there, outside of, you know, it could be, we can become very isolated when we go through traumatic things. We can become, we isolate ourselves out of fear. And so having community online gives me the, the courage and that, that bit of oomph that I need to have the courage to step out in community and to hear about the power of God in me and also the healing work that we do, you know, it Mm -hmm. just, it gives me the ability to show up in relationships. Mm -hmm. And it also, yeah, like if you have a relationship with people who have differing opinions than yours, then when you do a course, like, um, the emotional becoming the emotional adult, then you're able to, to sit in those spaces without it being so uncomfortable. Right. Right. There's so much healing. We've done the fear, um, fear of failure, huge one, especially if you failed in many different ways, you know, maybe some of you have failed or you feel like a failure and you learn how to like how those things in those moments of fear and failure those lessons are actually which makes you stronger and able to walk into the world. We have so much to offer. And yet as um, people who've grown up in, in destructive relationships or have destructive relationships or whatever it may be, we can become very fearful. And we have so much, we've learned so much. Yeah. And it would just be the tool of the darkness itself to hide it under a bushel. Right. Yeah. Yep. And this, this teaches us how to shine in the world. I would recommend it to everybody. I, I think often what we learn is so important, even for people who haven't been through, you know, who haven't been in a destructive oh, relationship. I yet. know. I wish they would teach this stuff in the schools to all the kids. It should be like a regular oh, yeah. curriculum every year, starting in kindergarten on up. Right. Yeah. And there's so much stuff in there. Like the expert workshops in flying free. There's so many that have helped me and I've gone back to butterfly stories are always amazing. You know, you just realize that you're not alone. Um, coaching, love coaching, like other people get coached and you hear it. We are more alike than we are different. Mm-hmm. And so one person's struggle with their son is the same struggle you have with your grandma. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Somebody else. So true. And, and there's always something in it that I feel the spirit gives me to take into whatever circumstance. Yeah. 
I just want to be the best human I can be. I love people. I got to learn how to like, you know, have relationship with people that (laughs) I shouldn't be near type thing. Like how to love people from a distance is my challenge, but I love people and the women in flying free are beautiful. I could think of like a bunch of them right now. (laughs) I know. I know they are. We're actually going to be having a, we're going to get together in person. Are you coming to that? Yeah, I think you are. Yeah. Um, it's called butterfly. Oh, our rooming together. Oh, fun! (laughs) not something I should tell the whole world. (laughs) Oh, that's fun. fun. So it's called butterfly bootcamp and, um, it's open to people who are in the programs or who are alumni of the programs. So if you're interested in coming to butterfly bootcamp at the end of September, you have to get into the program first. But anyway, um, I want to just mention one last thing. And I actually touched on it earlier, but there is a one week long thing called reboot your life after divorce. So if you are a divorced woman, or if you're in the middle of a divorce and you're getting divorced, um, it's $19. It's going to be every day for 90 minutes, five days. And I'm going to be teaching you. Uh, well, it's a combination of teaching and live coaching. And, um, I'd love to see you in there. It will give you kind of a taste of what flying higher is like. Flying free is for women of faith who are still in their relationships and, or are in the process of getting divorced. And you can learn more by going to join flyingfree.com. Flying higher is for women of faith who are already divorced. Their divorce is over and now they're rebuilding their life. You can learn more about that at joinflyinghigher.com. But this reboot thing, this one week reboot thing for $19, you can learn about that and register by going to flyingfreesisterhood.com forward slash reboot, R-E-B-O-O-T, flyingfreesisterhood.com forward slash reboot. And by the way, if you're listening to this and you are already a member of Flying Higher, you do not need, and you don't need to register for this. You're going to get it. It's part going to be, it's going to be put into the program. You'll, it'll be in the archives and you'll be able to watch it all as part of your membership. Okay. So this is just for people who are not a member yet and they want to do this five day thing. Or if you wanted to go and be there live, then you could certainly go and register and pay the $19 and come live. But otherwise the replays are going to be given to you as part of your membership. So that's flyingfreesister.com forward slash reboot. And I'm going to be pushing that the whole month of, August because it's running the actual reboot um, event is going to start on August 24th or 29th and run until September 2nd. So um, that's it. I think we're wrapping up what's either. I don't know yet if it's going to be a two or a three podcast episode series, but this was amazing. And Amy, thank you so, so much for you, you did this hard work and now you're passing it on. And there are so many golden gem, golden nuggets of things that I think are going to just blow people's minds and help create some major paradigm shifts in their thinking and possibly even save lives in the long run. Mm -hmm. And that's because of, I hope you see that's like, that is when we grow and develop we start then it's kind of like, you know, how plants they mature and then they start developing seeds inside of the middles of them. And then the seeds 
spread either birds or they fall out or whatever they spread and they plant new plants and there's just more and more growth. And that's how we thrive and flourish. That's what I feel like your life is an example of. And that idea of being brooded, that was my word for 2022. And that idea of like, you know, finding the water, finding what nourishes us is so important. And then when we do become stable and connected with God, and strong, then we become a haven for others. And so if I've helped anybody, yeah, that's amazing. Right. Yes. Yes. Amen. hundred percent. (laughs) Wow. That was an incredible interview. I am so thankful for Amy to, um, give us really share with us so vulnerably out of her own pain all of the ways that God has transformed her life and the ways that she has changed her thinking and her belief system that really has completely changed not only her life, but it is changing the lives of everyone around her. Because when we change internally, we can't help but have our influence bleed over into the lives of everybody else, including our children, including our family and friends and our loved ones. So thank you so much for listening to the last three episodes and for also leaving a rating and review on Apple iTunes or your, or whatever app you're using. Maybe you're using Spotify or Google podcasts, or I'm not even sure what they all are, but whatever app you're using, when you leave a rating and review, it lets that the people that are running those apps know that, oh, people like this podcast. Maybe we should introduce it to more people. And then they put it in front of people. You know how you get those suggestions? If you liked this, you might like this. So that's what that does. So I appreciate everyone who leaves a rating and review. You're doing, really doing your part in spreading the news. If you like this episode, if you like this podcast, I mean, if you hate this podcast, why are you listening? But... <laughs> But if you like it, go leave a rating and review. All right. All right. Until next time, fly free.